man i literally just got out from um working out in the park though just got soaked so uh oh, god bless your heart i was like i'm, I'm resting my body today fuck that <laughs> i was at the park yesterday i put on my sauna suit and a hoodie oh i thought i was gonna pass away you oh, wanted no. up like get the sauna shoot and all that though when it's like 90 degrees outside what's up like bums I didn't have <laughs> I'm outside, bums. I thought you were driving, though. I thought you, you told me you were driving <laughs> on gay, officially get tired of your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you got kicked out? Nah, I dropped her off. Uh, you got kicked out? Mm-hmm. Dead. <laughs> My nigga sleeping on the couch, huh? Is that what <laughs> what, a, what a, I mean, What's up, y'all? <laughs> Welcome to a brand new episode of Between You and Me. <laughs> oh, we getting right into it. Okay. Right. I got a lot of shit to say. I got a lot of things to say about that Wait, movie, about these part... albums, about me. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, did, I did really feel like I have a lot to talk about today. Paul's in rare form right now. I didn't think I said, what's up, bums? He didn't even say, how's your day going? He didn't, he didn't say shit. <laughs> I hope you guys are ready for what's going to be an explosive two hours of content. Yes. Two hours? (laughs) No, not for you, Milo. Not two hours for you. (laughs) You're going to have a solid 45 minutes of content. The rest of us have two hours of this to deal with. Yeah, we bulk recording today. So after we get done uh, with your interview, we go and record two more episodes. (laughs) Get ready, webheads. Milo Milo said two hours. (laughs) Wow. He said, wait, 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 what? Yo, Milo was on his rush hour. $20? You think I'm Chelsea Clinton? He said, fuck this. I was trying to get a workout in after this. <laughs> I, guess we better, I guess we better start then. Yeah, right? we, should, we should probably start. All right. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of Between You and Me. We have a special day ahead of us, everybody. Chock full of thrills and chills with uh, all types of wonderful content to talk about. We got albums, EPs, movies. We got it all. I'm joined by my friends of the Between You and Me podcast and a special guest. Uh, first one on the round table, Elijah Brown. Give him some claps. Next up, we have Mark. Kiss. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Wait, why am I not getting the little claps? <laughs> Pass for Pat. <laughs> I feel offended. Mark, Mark gets two claps. He gets two two singular claps. You know, <laughs> slow as hell too. Not the slow claps. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And next up, the man with the best album picks, along with myself. You know, we make a dynamic duo. We got Michael. Give him up. Clap, clap, clap. All right, I don't yeah, know, but yeah. okay. Oh, relax. Relax. Thank you, thank you. Mm, relax. <laughs> I don't know, but every time me and Michael pick albums together, we kind of be hitting. He worried me kind of. Yeah, I think he has some things to say. But anyway, that's another time for another episode. But, 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 but who's here with us, though? Who's Special guest. You know, I've, I've been working with this guy for a very long time. You know, he's tried and true. Always a man of his craft. You know, love meeting him. Love working with him. Meal you two, a.k.a. Yosanova. Give him some claps. Wait, 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 wait. Before we get started, before we get started, here we go. I, I just started this. Between you and Milo. That? You just thought of this? I did. 
You should have left that now. cook in the oven a little longer. Just let it, let it bake. <laughs> let it cook a little was, was I watching Elijah's brain work in real time? <laughs> <laughs> Saw her cranking the gear. Like, uh, and, uh. Anyway, Milo, how you doing today, brother man? How you feeling? Thank you for joining us. Good, man. Just, uh, you know, just got back from my crazy win- uh, rainy drench type workout, though. But, you know, just, you know, enjoy life and stuff. That just got just literally dropped my uh, my project with my homie O'Hale YT um, this past Friday though so man it's good man bro hell yeah oh this seems like the perfect time to ask you some questions then <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like but no but seriously that sounds like a awesome an awesome opportunity thing that you did there um I guess because I know you the least out of um at least between Elijah and Paul and you give us a little bit more of background of like what you do. So pretty much, uh, you know, I'm kind of a producer, beat maker slash DJ, um, kind of a creative, you know, curator, uh, pretty much a man of many hats. So what I do, though, so pretty much I, as of all walks of life and, you know, hip hop in general, I just kind of like pretty much just work with different people and just kind of like help them with their craft and shit like that. Milo, this ain't no time to be humble, bro. Come on, gas yourself <laughs> up. Come oh, on, man. Shit. Talk your shit. <laughs> I, did, I did get a I'm not trying to boast like vibe from you. And I'm like, this this is the time to boast. This is Bro, bro Milo is the most humble man I've ever met and the hardest worker. Talk your shit, man. Talk it. I mean, it's crazy though, man, because it's like, I don't know. It's just like the fact that I had so much work like in store right now though and, and on top of that it's like i'm still like still working you know I, literally right before you guys uh were ready to hit me up though i'm actually finishing up an ep with a couple of homies that are probably going to be dropping something soon i'm not sure what like what timeline they're going to do it though but definitely soon like you seem extraordinary extraordinarily busy like is this always how like how compact your schedule is or is it like kind of upticked right now or is it always like this? It's always been like that. So between a nine to five, a social life and then music. But it's like, Mm-mm. you know, you have to be able to have to juggle everything, you know. But at the same time, it's like, what kind of doesn't make it as stressful though is that everybody I've collab with though, I'm actually like really good friends with outside. So even if we're not working with music or anything like that or anything creative though, you know, we just kind of like, you know, just chill and talk out and all that. It was kind of like, you know, life, you know, just living in general, though. But when I have other people hitting me up, they'll hey, listen, you know, I want to pitch some ideas to you and kind of like see what kind of direction we go with. I've literally have to like put myself in the zone with the artists I'm working with just to kind of feel their vibe and all that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of zones, you just created your own zone. Mm. over your spot uh let's talk about the new workspace you got cooked up over there well i mean as of right as of right now what i got though is this nice little you know desktop ish though in my room though uh originally uh, i had a chop shop um outside in the shed though but with all this uh weather being so mm-hmm. fluctuating though it's pretty much i stopped doing that for right now because it's flooding uh, issues, uh, but it'll be up and running pretty soon, though. Before you know it. No, that's gonna be awesome. I can't wait to actually show these guys. I know when you said it got flooded, I was like, "Oh my god!" Of course. <laughs> I was, 
the good thing is going to ask were you working on this like workshop like pre-covid like you already had like the idea that you were going to like going to do this before like well, it became like kind of mandated that you like be at home and do this type of stuff it's funny that you said that it was um originally um i was i remember i was talking to paul about this so like we always wanted to have our own workshop or a creative studio just to kind of be able to vibe out not having to worry about the bridge to kind of like you know pay in on uh, studio time or just you know in general just somewhere where it's close back home but literally during covid with everything going on and i was like kind of like on and off with my uh, my schedule i was kind of like for myself trying to figure a way how to like you know what keep myself productive and figure a way to kind of do stuff and i was at a point where i was like you know what forget it like i'm just gonna like just build it from the ground up clean up a lot of stuff and literally from the ground up i took anything that was like junk cut it up oh use it for tables i use like pvc pipes blankets to make vocal booths um be able to kind of like rearrange crates to be able to put my speakers and stuff like that and from there which i promised myself going into it i was like you know what maybe in six months I'll probably get the uh studio up and running now literally in like in about two and a half was i'm just like you know literally like early in the morning late at night though just you know huffing and gruffing on the um on it that was actually it was pretty much a project of myself with it Facts. Now, you came up with the term neighborhoods. Can you explain to the homies and homies listening what that is? <laughs> is this term again? <laughs> neighborhood. Neighborhood. Yeah, it's it's funny though. Everyone asked about it. What was really what really, uh, really mean now? But pretty much the, you know, where we're from, especially you know where we all grew up at in South Jersey. Though, it's not necessarily the burbs but it's not necessarily the city. It's just kind of like a little melting pot of like little, you know, cultures of like in, where we're at in woods mm-hmm. area. So I figure why not just call it the neighborhood though? Just like, it's mm-hmm. not the neighborhood because, you know, again, where we're at, like you're, so you can, but, at you. Same, but at the same time though, from a hip hop standpoint though, um, I figure I wanted to take the hood out of, out of neighborhood and making the neighborhood because at the same time I'm music, I wanted to kind of get people out of the hood mentality. You know, like whenever we talk, you know, community always comes up, especially like with South Jersey, you know, the music, and you can probably speak more to this than me because you've been going out to a lot more events recently, but you know, we've always found a lack of connection between Mm -hmm. like the South Jersey musicians. Like they were there, don't get me wrong. It wasn't a lack of people. It was a lack of space for people to kind of occupy and share their crafts and kind of do what they had to do. And I know you've been really taking the time to like travel and kind of see what you could bring to Jersey as someone that is a part of this community. Like, has there been some stuff that you really wanted to do or like, especially like with the, these collaborations that you're talking about, is there anything that you wanted to start like once COVID's kind of wrapped up and you can start doing some events again? Yeah, um, actually, um, so during, you know, like a little bit before pre-COVID, though, with everything going on, um, I actually had linked up with a couple of friends up in North Jersey that were running uh, open mics, and, you know, was really cool with them. I love their vibe. I love what they were trying to bring, especially because being that they were literally right next to the George Washington Bridge, though, they didn't want to, you know, 
I guess they didn't want to appeal to a lot of New York people. They wanted to kind of make Jersey have its own thing up there, you know, still have mm-hmm. its own identity with it. And by doing so, they kind of created a nice little home base for a lot of North Jersey artists to kind of feel comfortable where they don't have to like go over the bridge and have to go to these venues and stuff like that. When it's a big market there, they figure, well, why not though? We'll just kind of be able to do it here and just kind of, you know, we know everybody and keep it in the same pool. But I was talking to them now and I was like, well, it's kind of funny that, you know, the unity up there is like very like, you know, recognized up there. Even if some people might not get along with each other though outside or might have creative differences, there's still a unity mm-hmm. in there. Hey, we're all in, we're all doing the same, same thing. But here in South Jersey though, it's kind of a mixed bag because there is a, a great talent pool around here though, but folks tend to either have to go into the Philly scene, then they get mixed mm-hmm. up with the Philly scene over there. And then also like certain areas like in South Jersey, people try to appeal to that and don't try to go outside, you know, their yeah. or they feel as though they have to appeal certain regions of music. Like I know with the South Jersey being having a really strong house roots, and like you know club scenes they try to appeal to what like oh let's do the the detroit uptown sound now and kind of like mix that with that you know what i mean or just kind of kind of uh doing what other people were else with as far as like rap trends like oh let's do this and do that though there's no yeah. really identity there in the first place which even though north jersey again is still trying to build that up though but the south is still kind of a little confused with it though even if they're standing artists from it but to me, though, I think, honestly, it's just what I want to definitely do is definitely kind of bring kind of the underground roots where it's like be able to like bring people to, hey, listen, you know, I'm definitely there with you, though, but be able to amplify you to like a next level. So if it's like open mics, to, um, be able to get people in certain venues and stuff like that, just be able to get people the proper exposure without having to feel as though they have to sell themselves out or compose their morals of their artistry. Copy that. Well put. Michael, you had something you wanted to ask? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so you kind of discussed like where you want to go like moving forward, but um taking a step back, like what has helped you get there? Who have been your inspirations both like personally and in you know the creation of your music? You know, so for me though, uh I definitely would have to say definitely my parents though, because like and they were the one that got me exposed to a lot of different music tastes though, especially like growing up with my dad playing ball. I was like, so used to like a lot of people playing different music from certain areas and stuff like that. And I, I liked it. My mom also had like, you know, records that she'll play like Sade and all that, that I also liked as well too. Um, but as far as like inspiration of really kind of like doing what I'm doing, it would definitely be guys like, I mean, you would definitely say your go-to is like Dilla, Pete Rock, Mad Lib, Alchemist ninth though, but for guys that kind of like were able to kind of create their own lanes and be able to stick true to it though, was guys like Rock Marciano, uh, DJ Quick, DJ Fresh, uh, Large Professor, uh, DJ uh, Jazzy Jeff. Um, mm-hmm. Those guys that were able to like still stand out on their own, even though being from where they were from, it was just like they let their personality, you know speak out through their music it didn't it wasn't like hey this is a producer from such and such this is 
a producer, but he's happened to be here. You know what I mean? It's just, that, again, they let their uh, personality speak through their work. So some of the artists you just uh, named, they have like unique names. Uh, your name is unique in, in and of itself, Yoso Nova. So where do you get your name from? Uh, so, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <laughs> name changes though, but um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, the term so the name Yos uh, is actually an acronym. Uh, y O S standing for uh, Young Old Soul, and um, I figure I kind of put a nice little twist to it with Yosanova being like I was like, oh well, you know, kind of like a Casanova though with sounds, but you know, we can just put Yosanova. So and again, Nova being wave in Spanish, it went well with it. It just went as Young Old Soul wave, like I'm a mom wave. My nigga. I mean, that's, that's a cool name. <laughs> See, I, I thought it was cool already, and then you explained more about it, and I was like, oh, whoa. Well, yeah. Actually, uh... Because, like, I mean, that's why, like, again, already, though, it's not, like, a name where it's it's just who I am. Like, literally, and like, for my age, people will be like, what kind of music do you listen to? And I'll name some stuff that I grew up listening to. And they're like, wow, that's some, like, old head stuff. Like, I'm the type of dude, I still listen to, like, 50s and 60s lowrider type music wow like i don't go out and bump like oh let me bump that drake i'll literally i'll bump delphonics uh matt hatton's like hey. on a record chilling i can definitely see how you and peach got so close because i remember <laughs> the songs that he used to play for me back in the day and i'd be like what is this who possessed my friend I, <laughs> I would really question it all the time like how do you even like part of my brain would always be like how do you even come across these songs i'd <laughs> be Sometimes, like, some of the music I'd be digging into, I'd be, it'd be almost, like, dark web digging type. <laughs> 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 like, it's really funny, too, because I, I remember, like, growing up, the way I, like, discovered music, um, at least, was I would know a song, and I would look it up on YouTube, and then there would be, like, suggested items next to it, and I would just keep clicking down and down and down, and, like, keep going down the rabbit hole. Like, I... Like, have you found things like where you weren't necessarily, it was like seven degrees of separation type of thing where like you were listening to one thing, which led you to another thing, which led you to like another thing that you really. Yeah, all, all the time, all the time. I've, um, I've come across where, especially like the artists I've, I've been collabing with, I've always tried to, you know, study their sounds and then try to amplify it and then try to bring something new to their, to their table of their sounds. And there's some times where I'm like, all right, let me look up some samples that people haven't touched. And I'll come across like some, like almost like I'm gonna say Turkish jazz. Um, uh, you're, you're all <laughs> I told you you're gonna be in for something. <laughs> you thought I was the only alien here. Now we have another one. <laughs> We're getting outnumbered here. Russian, <laughs> oh my God, like Russian Neo Soul. Um, they got like German, like orchestra, um, big band, all that kind of stuff like that. And my thing is, I will almost look at it as a, like almost like soundtrack scores. And I'd be like, if it gives me kind of a cinematic vibe to it, then I'll be like, all right, let me kind of flip it away and kind of give that big feel, like that movie feel into the production and give it to people though and just let them go on it though. So yeah, I've, 
man, there's so much music, so much artists. Some people like even too like um like well known producers or like singers, they go different alias and I was like, Whoa, hold up, I didn't even know such and such was working on that. But it does make mm. sense later on during the work of why they transition to some tracks and stuff. Like, oh wow, that would make sense. But yeah. Yeah. You definitely. sleep. <laughs> you sleep. That was one of your, was, four, your three pillars. Sleep was that was actually going to be my next question. <laughs> I only like, eat turntables. Like, <laughs> like the rabbit hole you have to go down to find Turkish jazz has got to be deep. Oh, not that. I've gone to uh, uh, different types of uh, bossa novas and uh, hey. and. Uh, I went through uh, even my my favorite type of music that I like with for breaks is Afro punk, Afro um, soul. F- um, my gosh, um, Israeli jazz. Uh, it's just like mm. music, though. It's like that. You would think I don't. You think I wouldn't sleep, honestly, though. <laughs> it really is crazy listening to you name these genres because it sounds like. You have two wheels, and you just spin the first wheel on like some culture, and it lands like on like on like Afro, and then you spin the second wheel, and you're like, hmm, Afro rock. All right, that's a genre, and I'm like, is it? I just believe you. I don't have any idea. Go, go nuts. Not so. Like you actually like you learn a lot from cultures through their music, though, and especially where um, the timestamps where it's at. Like you'd be surprised how different rock was in the 70s and America was than it was in maybe in somewhere in like some small town in Europe though like you would be like oh I didn't even know that made that type of music like that but you can see where someone might have got influenced by that type of music and then maybe a decade later transitions into the that music that made that time period for that one so it's just kind of cool to be able to see it how music was able to like transform through in the years but see the influences were like inspired from everybody else at that time what made you because like obviously like me and you have talked about this a lot but you know like especially like these guys seeing it and like i know a bunch of people listening to this are gonna think like wait this guy's a hip-hop dj because <laughs> because um, you hear you hear all these different genres and you hear all these things being thrown out and they're like how does this relate to hip-hop but like I just wanted you to kind of like speak on like, you know, like how these international scenes are influenced because a lot of these guys like abroad are more pure than America when it comes to hip hop. It's like, it's crazy. Like how influenced they are. Like overseas though, like a lot of, um, you know, rap legends, DJs and stuff like that make more money overseas though because the appreciation of it, you know, is more, you know, out there than it is in America. America, Unfortunately, though, have commercialized rap and, mm-hmm. you know, it started to become where they focus more on, you know, well, this will make a hit for this particular product or this is perfect for this sound for this time. And that's it. They'll need to throw it away. But again, going back to it, for all the sounds I was describing, hip hop in a way, though, is such a limitless form though, because people have flipped so many different tracks and make it to something new and into a bop that people were like, oh yeah, that's such and such though. I never thought of mm. that way. And it even goes down from production wise, like regionally, it's like every 
part of the continent has their different style of production. If you go in the Europe scene, though, know, it's a little bit more pure. Unless it maybe like pre mid nineties sound, mm-hmm. old Biggie vibe started. You know, with the Ready to Die, um, Life After Death sound started to take over. But if you went to like Japan, you know, it's more maybe more fast tempo, but it can be also in the lo-fi sound. Um, and then you know, probably in like South America, it's probably a little bit more jazzier, a little bit more funkier. Um, mm-hmm. Two step music, as I call it, though, but in a way though it's like they all still respect the roots to where hip hop was and hip hop especially um how it's brought up though it's just pretty much was you know taking something and be able to kind of create it in their own way especially like back then kids you know in inner cities weren't able to buy equipment it's too expensive so they took records and flip it in different ways and had people rhymed over it you know what i mean so that's so crazy you brought that up. I was just thinking about that. Oh, yeah. About <laughs> the story when it comes to shit like that. You know that. That's why, yeah. that's why I respect it because it's, you know, in a way, you kind of bring everybody together in some form or another, an appreciation of it, though. It's like, you know, for me, you know, I was blinded on certain music, though, but when I got to, like, dig through samples and see how people played music back then, I was like, oh, wow, like, for me, I appreciate it more and I kind of be, you know, have a lot of friends through that though. There's some people I'm really cool with on social media that from outside of, you know, the country, like some people from, you know, Chile, some people from in London, people in Africa, people in like Ukraine that I would actually shout out to Miller. It's actually my homie though. One of, one of the dopest producers I've met though, but uh, him and I, you know, never thought he would dig into the some sounds that I grew up with and flipping in a way. It's, Mm-hmm. So, cool. Real quick, can you repeat the name of the uh, person you just shout out? You kind of cut out. I want to make sure you. Oh no, you good. Uh, so his name is uh, Milky Fella. Uh, he's a producer from uh, Ukraine. Now he's actually uh, produced for my homie Shy uh, Slim, but he's also has cr- credits for Fendi P. Uh, produced for a Currency. Um, Gosh, this has that play of sound though, which is surprising because his story too is that it's very boom bap heavy over where he's at. But he makes music that you would figure people in the South playing that old school playing music will really love. Mm. I love. And I was actually one of his, um, I remember I was one of his first dudes that actually bought something from him from the States. Nobody like nobody heard of him though until like I bought his stuff though, and I used to like pass the words to you, you got to this guy, you got to this guy out. And then here we are, you know. Records. So you uh you mentioned uh social media. Um you recently just created an IG. Um so how has your notoriety increased uh since you've made an IG? Because I know like you were low key before and then you was like, all right, I think it's time to make that IG. So how how has life changed for you? Because you be posting bruh. You be posting <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually to the point that I actually I caught attention to like some big heads so like DJ Fresh, Willie the Kid, guys I actually I grew up listening to, you know, in high school and all that. Now they're like, you know, they see they hit me up and stuff like that. Yo, man, I see you know you doing your thing, keep doing, or yeah. you know, if there's like you know if they're throwing some game to me though, they'll be like, hey, listen, you know, definitely you know keep your eye out on this and that though. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy from being going. I'm still low key about it though. Like mm-hmm. I don't try to 
speak out too much on what I do though, because I'm always, I'm always planning. I'm always like, again, even if it's not music, I'm always doing something that's kind of related to being creative. Mm-hmm. Um, in general though, it's kind of like, yeah, like it's crazy to be able to get so many people fucking with me from all over the world. And it's not like just like in Jersey, it's like, you know, people like from in Cali, some, some people from, Hey, like, Mexico, Canada, like people would be like, yo, listen, I mean, I mess with your music and stuff. Like that. And it's crazy though, because it's like they will look at me like, so this is a kid from Jersey that's making all this kind of music though, like that. They would never picture that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, but, like, yeah. I, I mean, first, my, my first comment is like, I definitely want to like say thank you for repping South Jersey because I think it's, <laughs> I think, I think it's funny because like something that you mentioned at the beginning is very true is that like, a lot of times Jersey's kind of like seen through like the relativistic lens of like New York and Philly. It's always like relative to those places. This is the other place. Um, And it like, it really does seem like, especially South Jersey does have a trouble with a lot of different things in the community making its own, like, you know, its own personality. Uh, Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, cause it's all, cause it's the heart. It really is the heart of the dry state. I mean, you go through Mm -hmm. Philly, we go up through North Jersey to New York, but you also got Delaware, you know what I mean? So we're right, we're right through it all. I mean, it's, we see everything kind of come and go when it comes to uh, stuff culturally speaking, you know? Yeah, like you, you actually, like it's funny when you're driving through Jersey, you actually get to see like the, the culture kind of change as you go south from what like being within like earshot of New York to like being near Philly or Delaware Valley. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, I have another question. It's a little bit unrelated, but it has to do with our, um, it has to do with our albums and everything. And I think you would definitely help me at least try to formulate this a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, cool. What's up? When you said you're a curator and that, that's, that's also something that I think is really interesting. Like when you're putting together like an album, like or you're with an artist or something, do you focus mostly on the cohesiveness of the album or like actually having individual standout songs, I guess? Um, uh, that's, it kind of depends on the artist. Um, sometimes for me, preferably I would try to kind of be a little bit of both where it's like I want to at least have a cohesiveness where it's like still kind of a bit of a transition to kind of be able to go to track the track but at the same time still treat each track to kind of stand out almost like if you're reading a book you know there's different chapters of what you're going through that still kind of like don't want you to like listen to one part of it and not not listen to the rest though it wouldn't make sense that way because it can still be a good track or, you know, good project or whatever we're doing though. But for someone to really enjoy a piece of work in general, it would just make sense to kind of keep everything all together in that mm-hmm. sense. So I treat it, I treat everything, you know, everything all relates in a way, you know, but at the same time, everything stands out of their own. You know what I mean? So given your opinion, like, and your thoughts on that, how do you feel considering like, commercially things seem to be driven now more towards singles than albums albums don't really sell like they used to Mm -hmm. yeah so the thing is too though with now we're in the age of streaming services um everybody tries to go for that you know that quick two what was the two minute mark or something like that yeah two minute 30 something like that so people get the stream yeah, so people would try to like, hey, let's kind of get something that can be a hit and just kind of keep it on heavy rotation, though, not have people just so focus on an entirety project, especially because 
you know, people's attention span now is, you know, to a casual listener, isn't as, you know, I want to say like as in detail or pay attention to a whole work in general though. So Mm -hmm. I think it kind of, in a way, kind of kills the art of it though, but I also kind of creates a, uh, a lane for people to be able, if they really want to focus on a project and take time with it, it kind of creates a credibility for an artist because especially now, if you can be able to put something like, I mean, to us, most people would look at an LP, maybe like maybe 10, 11 tracks. It's like, that's an album. But now like back then you would have people that would put like 20, 25 tracks, even 30, mm-hmm. like to fully listen to the whole entire thing and still be dope in today's age. Then it's like, yeah, that's a gym. Like that's fucking gold right there. And it's crazy that you brought that up too, like with like, you know, talking about like how different artists and also like the way that they're creating stuff for streaming services. Cause like, I agree. I think streaming has changed how people just digest music in general. Like, you know, we talk about vibes a lot and, you know, like different moods. And I feel like that's what people are going for now. Like they're not going for this story that an album's trying to tell, you know, because when you're going through a story, whether it's a good or a bad story, it goes up and down. Like, you know, there's different mood, there's different moods that you're trying to go through. And it's a lot for a listener to dedicate themselves to, I feel like, which is why albums aren't listened to as much, at least for, like you said, a casual listener. You know, sometimes you just want that vibe. You just want that mood that like, that or, one song or three songs gives you. Like people, like now, ev- now it's almost everybody is now like a play a playlist creator. Like they'll just take yeah. track projects and just put it all together. Like mm-hmm. again, like just mood vibes and stuff like that. But I think that's what I mean. To me, when it comes to like fully putting an album together, though, you want to make sure you want to capture that and be able to, you know fully you know show your spectrum of music what you make you know what i mean and i think that's what's kind of hard for people in hip-hop though is that sometimes it's like well depending on the producer i work with or multiple producers or they're going to be able to med well though am i going to be able to kind of like put this in together right and stuff like that is it going to make sense so if not though, am i going to go deep with it with my content on my features are they going to mesh well with it though like you know it people think it's easier just recording a song be and then just putting it all together in a folder. No, it's like if you really want to have like, you know, a timeless work though, you have to put thought into it though. You have to make sure all right, does this make sense to put this here though? Does it make sense to have this here? You know what I mean? Is it should we have it a long enough project where it's like am I overstaying my, my place or like is it too short that some people just want more for it? So yep. it's kind of again depending on the artist and their artistry how they want to go about it though now there's a lot uh, that goes into releasing an album like you just said like is it too long is it too short does it get to a point where like if you overthink it, you just got to kind of let it go like all right it's done let's walk away from it yeah i mean well i mean i'm just gonna speak from my on my stand on it though sometimes if you're overthinking it though or if it's something where you're putting too much thought into it though it's just best to kind of just leave it is and then come back into it when you kind of have a I kind of I call it as a a blank canvas where it's like all right let me just make sure my mind is clear all right what what kind of picture do I want to paint and when I want to go about it though because if you're gonna overthink and enforce it it's probably gonna end up being shit anyway though because 
you're looking at it, at so many other details all at once that at, in the same way, you're missing all the other details because you're so focused on trying to focus on each inv- individual part of the track that while you're mm-hmm. trying to do that, you're missing something on something else. And it just, on a, like on a track and then project wise, it all affects you. And it, you build frustration, creatively speaking. Yeah, and sometimes like, like oh, I'm sorry, Mark, go ahead. No, no, I wasn't going to add anything to that. You go, Peter. No, I was just... <laughs> sorry. I had, I had a different question, okay? <laughs> I was going to say because, like, you know, like, Milo, like, we've we've had several days, like, where, you know, we listen to his track. Like, also, like, if something's bugging you in a track that you just can't get out of your head, like, even if, like, other people don't hear it, like, you just keep hearing it. Sometimes you just need a fresh pair of ears, like where you just like step away from it for a couple. Like we've had times where like we stepped away something for like a whole week. We're just like, I don't even want to touch this until I'm completely forgotten about it. And I can like listen to it in a way that doesn't bother me. Or maybe I could tackle that problem in a different way than I could have thought of before. Yeah, no, that's, you know, I definitely remember those days. Uh, I mean, especially there was a bash. We had maybe it was months we didn't touch yeah because we listen to it though but it'd be like oh now we listen to this so many times or maybe it's let's let it out see how it feels yeah. It would that point. yeah i think that actually leads perfectly into what my question was going to be and it's that when you're making uh when you're working with an artist do you always start from the ground up or have you ever like come into a project that's already been started and like kind of helped them along kind of a little bit of both um for me, that was kind of funny. Like so far, the collabs I've had, I'll if I've messed with the artist really well, though, I'll send them a beat of some sort that's like, hey, you know, I kind of like their sound. Let me kind of throw something that can definitely heighten their sound. Send it to them, and then from there, we just kind of build off from beat a beat, and then somehow we kind of build a concept around it. Some I have people who come up to me who like my work, and they'll have a concept already in mind. And then I'll kind of be like, okay, I see what you mean like that. And then kind of dig around certain like sounds and kind of throw something for them to kind of work with it and then kind of go from there. So yeah, it's kind of like, it depends on who it is, but my, uh, my case is I'll kind of like go up to the artist and kind of like throw them a beat and then we'll just kind of build it from there Hmm. and see where it goes with it. Yeah, I was asking because like I kind of had like this thought in my mind that you were that like you might be like one of those bar rescue people <laughs> where like <laughs> their album's a mess and they call you up and you're like I can fix this, don't worry. I don't actually, worry. I, um, <laughs> that's so funny you said that. I've I've had a lot of a lot of artists will come up to me. They'll be like, "Hey, listen, I'm trying to do this project. It didn't end up working well. Is there any way you think we can go about it?" They'll send me their tracks their bars on it and I'll be like okay let me go about this way or this is how I would have gone about it and then they'll be like oh shit that's what's up though so we'll kind of go from there like you know what I mean <laughs> Milo that nigga from Holes I can fix that <laughs> oh no from Holes no <laughs> don't say that because we know how that ended up shot in the lake now I, can just, now I can just see Milo okay. saying I could fix that. <laughs> just getting shot for a take. Yeah, I can like... <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Mike, you got any co- I got a question for him. Um 
Actually, like, it was more just, you know, like, a deep level of respect and admiration that I wanted to get across than another question, just because, like, <laughs> it's so hard to take on every single, like, like, as you mentioned, you call them, like, hats. You're just wearing every hat along in the process. You hear so much about how sometimes people, like, will walk into their, like, into a studio and just do the vocals, and that's their thing, and then it's, like, they're an artist for that but it's like it's a lot more work to, to want to be a part of every step in the process of making a song or a body of work so i i just want to let you know that i i respect you all fucking long again like see my thing when i work with artists before i even do any type of work i gotta mess with you like as a person because for me it'll make it easier for our relationship that we know, okay, like we can be able to see what lines that we can kind of cross. You almost got to treat it as like a dance, like, you know, be able to get to know the person and be able to know, you know, are they comfortable with taking this particular step? If not, maybe I can help you with, but at the same time, there might be certain things, especially with this project that I dropped on YT is actually one of the, one of the first projects in general, I actually got behind keys and started playing bass lines and leads and shit like that on there i never did that i just sample get drum breaks or just kind of chop drums live now like for me i learned to like what certain things i'm not comfortable with but let me like work with him and see we can go from there so it was kind of cool for me to learn that in general just like how i work with artists is that i kind of want to get to know people like that because yt i became good friends with i've actually i met him in person and stuff like that him and I were very like-minded and we we're like, shoot, like, let's go about this. And from there, that transition and that project was so, it was fun. Like I actually really enjoy that project though. Cause like him and I had the same taste for music, but at the same time, you know, we kind of wanted to have the same appeal to how we wanted. So it was just, it made it a lot easier, you know? And so far, I think there is nobody I have, I've collabed with so far that I had that issue with it. Because if anything, if there's something, if they're not comfortable with it, They'll let me know and i'm like okay like let's go about this way or hey let's take some time with it though you know what i mean yeah. but you kind of like almost have to be like everybody's psychiatrist so you got to kind of like read mm. the room read how they are and stuff like that so it's i guess is any of that learned or is that like or is that just something that you've been really good at <laughs> from the jump i guess is kind of a question i have i mean it, it's it's a learning process. It definitely is. Yeah. Cause sometimes, I mean, when I first started, you know, when I went by, you know, before Yo's, I mean, there was people I worked with though. that were just in general, just not good people to work with. Cause like, you know, one though, they won't feel, they won't open up about how they feel or, you know, they'll say they like it, but then they'll go about it. Like, oh, I wasn't messing with them. When like, well, we mm -hmm. just set a date to release this track and now all of a sudden you want to back out of it or it wasn't feeling it that way. You know what I mean? So, for me, I always try to make sure, like, hey, you know, if anything, try to be really cool with the person and go from there. Because also, at the same time, it also lets me know how genuine the person is, because it definitely reflects their artistry. If you're, you know, a person that's not dope, like, I mean, that's, that's dope, but is a shitty person in life, I, I'm not fucking with you. I don't care. Like, I, I'll say, like, yeah, your, your shit's tight, though, but I don't fuck with you. I ain't going to support you like that. Keep Which, it tight. <laughs> Uh, now you mentioned um, working with people that are shitty, right? So, with you gaining more popularity, um, there's going to be more and more people that want to work with you. 
Um, so how do you kind of navigate um, the vibe with, you know, getting to know somebody and like, ah, I'm, I'm not trying to fuck with you because there's a lot of snakes in the grass. So how do you oh, navigate that? Um, I mean, just a simple, just kind of like have a conversation with people mm -hmm. in general, like seeing their work, see how they move. Um, I'm very observant though. So I usually, if anything, if I've never met the person like in person, I'll look at their IG posts, what they're about you know, what they like, what they, you know, present themselves, are they, you know, are they are what they are, what they talk about, you know, I mean, just kind of like, just want to make sure that, you know, in general, they're just a thorough person, no matter what, because mm -hmm. I, I, I can definitely do music and can be someone who's like, is a quirky individual, but as long as they're honest with themselves and they're, they are with that, and I mess with them, like, yeah, definitely, but if there's someone that's definitely putting up front, or someone who's, you know, hey, like, this is what I do, but I'll go behind your back and stuff like that. If I, I can usually sense that, like, off from, like, how I meet somebody, like, if I see that, though, then it's like, um, I, I usually try to be as professional with it, at least, like, hey, you know, I do appreciate that, though, but, you know, I am kind of, like, an, ex an exclusive artist. I do work with only a certain group of people, though, but if I tell them if they want to see somebody else, I'll tell them, like, hey, I mess with such and such, check out their work that might be able to work out with you um, but also i'll let the artist you know the, pr the producer that they want to work with i'll let them know it's like hey just want to give you a heads up such and such is you know was asking for beats this is what they are though just want to give you a heads up because sometimes some people again who i might be cool with though might be able to work with somebody like that even if they might not mess with them they're gonna be like oh well we'll build this strictly as a business though for me it is business, but at the same time, I want to make sure, like, I, I got to be cool with you in general okay. as well. <laughs> Mila would be like this. He'd be like, ugh. <laughs> I saw your resume, son. <laughs> it's over for you. It's trust oh. me, you know, some people, you know, they're, they're, cloud, they're cloud chasers out there, though. You know, mm. they'll try to do anything they can to be able to run with it. And I've actually had people jack my beats. And, you know, I've oh. come up to that, though. That's why... I, I started having my tag on my beats though, which uh, shout out to my baby girl, Nina. Hey! I had her, hey. I had her uh, say my name on my tag and I just I EQ'd it and I've been throwing on my beats. And ever since then, people know like if they hear that tag or if I'm in a project and they hear that, they're like, yeah, that's such and such. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and she, she get her royalties out of it too. She definitely gets her uh, intellectual properties out of it though. So she getting paid for it too. Oh. My um, I was actually going to ask, um, clear, I mean, clearly you're a high functioning person. Do you think that it's better for you? Like you kind of mentioned the different, like the, the three different things between work, um, for social life and, um, and music. Do you think it's better for you to keep those three things compartmentalized or do they like bleed over regularly and you're cool with that? They bleed over and I'm really, I'm actually, I'm really cool with that. Cause for me, it's, Life imitates art, so. What a dope way to see. Right, yeah. That. <laughs> that's back. Oh, of course you would say this. Mila, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we promise we're not going to keep you that much longer. I just have a question. I, I, listen, I actually, I don't mind. I, I stick the whole time. Though. I'm chilling, chilling. <laughs> You're going to hear me talk shit about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul ain't like that. Anyway, all right. So, Milo, you low-key rap as well, right? So, has there ever been a time where someone asked you for a beat that you were low-key playing to spit bars on? You're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can get that to you. 
Uh, I, I try to, I keep that on the low, low, though. Actually, there's a, how I say it, there's kind of a, a method to my madness to what I'm doing. Uh, I don't want to let too many people know, I, you know, I'm spitting on writing in general, though, because right now I'm heavy on the beat side. Mm. So there might be something down the road where I like hit him real quick. Really? Something. I don't know what, what he's saying. Is getting a lot of response. I thought he was <laughs> um i guess i have one i guess i have one last question at least um was there any like one is there any like one thing in particular one break that you got that you think really helped propel you forward or one that you like kind of look back on now that was really helpful like in general like just kind of made me like wait that just that one moment just kind of like made me like all right like the ball started moving and all yeah, like if there was a, if there was ever a moment like that, I don't know if there. Yeah, actually, I mean, I'll I'll say the moment I, I finished building um the chop shop, you know, even though again it's down right now though, but it's in the process of getting fixed again. It was just the fact that, you know, I bought my own equipment. You know, I did research of like how how to set up, you know, a vocal booth for you know a very affordable price. Um, able just to have my own spot, and then the fact that on the business side i was able to like create rates like if people want to come in to be able to use it for music or for photo shoots i'll create like multiple incomes through that and be like hey like this is like you know it's actually happening and it was just happening like just because i wanted to help because you know me first starting off it was tough especially you know in, in south jersey you don't get a lot of people the vouch out for you everybody's always for themselves for themselves for themselves even though i'm considered up and coming though i've always no matter what though will always try to help somebody out and see their vision and put it out there for the world and also for me it makes me feel good because it makes me feel like you know i've done something at least I've, you know help someone get what they need and at the same time i learn from it because i can be able to apply it for myself as well so to be able to kind of create the chop shop kind of let me feel as though i was able to manifest my visions thoroughly efficiently and in a way though was just able like you know now this moment i feel like not only opened a door and a door opportunity for myself but now i've opened a lane for everybody else to come up to me you know people don't have to go over the bridge and pay toll and then pay session they can just come up to me and they can trust me were, were you surprised that you felt that way when you were done or did yeah. you yeah you know what, at first, initially, I was like, what? it was. It felt surreal that it was happening because I kind of felt like, in a way, it was like, oh my God, like, if this was like an autobiographic type movie, though, I would have been like this, like, this is definitely where, like, all the, you know, dramatic music started playing. I had that too. All <laughs> 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 right. Now, I was like, at that point, I kind of developed the saying that some people noticed, though. I was like, you know what, fuck it, why wouldn't I? That's kind of my phrase where it's like, you know, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it and, you know, do it your way. So it just kind of, I had this like, you know, just die hard, just kind of like do everything myself though and kind of go from there. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'll make the best out of it. Turn, what I call it, turning uh, water to wine type shit. Taking a shitty situation <laughs> making the best out of it. Hell yeah. I'm about to write down all these phrases. Mark, Mark's yeah. raised his eyebrows so much. He's like, because he has so many. Like he like, says them like, and I'm like, what? I gotta I write them. Down. 
No, I mean, I, no, I've been around for like years. <laughs> this, this podcast is about to change my life. <laughs> that, yo, that episode. Milo has a nigga feeling like I don't do enough. I'm like, oh. Like, fuck. I can I survive up for 45 minutes of sleep, right? Yeah, I'm not going to start moving. I, myself. Too, right? I might go to the gym after this. I don't know. <laughs> bro, that, oh my God. Milo, I admire you so much, bro. My last question is, um, like, what are, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned uh, coming up in the music industry? Um, especially, like, on the business side, because you have to learn the business side as well and not just be on the music side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to sound simple, but fuck them and me, honestly. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Writing it down. Poetic shit and gives you the best line at the end. <laughs> I think, you know, because at the end, you really, if you think about it, at the end of the day, though, it's still about about you. No matter, I mean, because especially when you get higher up, though, you're gonna have a lot of yes men, a lot of people that are gonna see you at a, a cash app opportunity, honestly, and they're gonna be like, you know what, look, look, like, like, as long as you stay true, I mean, it's gonna sound cliche as shit. You stay true to yourself. You don't compromise anything. You kind of go by what you you know stand for. You know, you should be all gravy, man. And honestly, like, don't, if anything ever happens, like, where you, it's now, honestly, kind of just look at it as a, as a blessing and kind of like, all right, this happened. But, you know, let's definitely learn from it and be able to manifest off of that. Like, my thing with my studio, when it got drained out, it was like, you know what, that sucked, that happened. But now that means maybe I got to reinforce the setting of it and get something better. And it's going to do better with it. You know what I mean? So... It's all gravy, baby. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> you got any last oh, questions, Michael? Anyone have any final questions? I just had something I wanted to say in general, but I'll wait till the questions are done. Uh, no, I think I think I'm good. Yeah. What you got to say, Paul? Talk your shit. No, I mean, I'm just glad. I'm I'm definitely really glad that we were able to bring Milo here because you know, as someone that's been around him for the past good chunk of years you know i've able to see him develop into this like outstanding just business person like artists as well like it's he's like the mantra of just like live it and do it you know like you see something you see something once if he doesn't know how to do it he learns how to do it it's really that simple like um and he's like this guy that embodies you know, what it means to be an independent artist right now, you know, um, when, when we talk to like different artists and stuff like that, like, you know, it's really hard for people to kind of find their way. And sometimes the answer is not clear, but that's why there's this whole process of figuring it out, learning from other people, learning from mistakes, learning from hard comings, you know, so, you know, I'm just really glad that we're able to bring him on so that we can talk about that kind of stuff, because not everything's been gravy. You know, like a lot of this success has been, you know, recent, but it's good. And now especially, we're able to learn from it. Yeah, especially like, you know, and I'll, I'll say this, especially somebody out there that's like listening to that a sample bass producer. Um, dude, just honestly, from what, you know, from one of one of my OGs told me, though, is that, listen, if your shit gets flagged for any reason, especially if you're sampling music, that means one thing, is that they're listening. So, I mean, so, no matter that's what, a, that's super dope. Like, yeah. Yeah. So ever since, way better than me, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's why I'm like, listen, like 
I, I sample that. I mean, I try to make sure I, it's unrecognizable, but if it's so fly to the point that somebody said like, hey, we, we don't need that, then I'll be I like, see what you're doing over there. that's okay. <laughs> that's I'll be bad. like this way. I said, you liked it though, but you liked it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you got to admit it was dope though. Yeah, right, 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 right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I I personally love that your answer to my question about like it what was the one big moment um was about your was about your chop shop because like that because I expected you to answer that question with something that someone else has given you or one big break that someone else luckily gave you but that was something that you did completely like your yeah. own hands on you got yourself that moment and that's 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 impressive and that's inspiring. I dedicated um a song off of one of my IB tapes uh Sips Volume One uh. Or I put food on the table, the same one I built is actually dedicated to that that moment. You did not just I... say, nigga. What? <laughs> <laughs> Good boys. <laughs> Sorry to cut you. I had to throw my fucking notebook. I said that. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's, um, again, it's just like. Um, that to me was just a very pivotal moment because it, it it taught me that, you know, to really stick out, especially in this music thing, is that you just really have to be you and you just have to amplify and not give a fuck what anybody else got to say. You can't shy about it. If, like, I were to make sample beats and stuff like that, if somebody's going to tell me, no, you can't do that, though, because you got to ask for royalties. I mean, I can be able to get clearance, though, but maybe I want to do it in a way I want to be able to express myself. If I'm able to, like do it in certain ways that I know to me, it's me. I know it's me. That I'm okay. I don't give a damn. I, I'd rather just I'd rather just stay my peace and just be unapologetic about it. That's the way I kind of treat myself with it, though. I kind of look at myself as an unapologetic producer. I don't, like, if I think as though it fits the mood, it's going to fit the mood regardless, like, no matter what else, anybody's going to say, well, that's not, you know, that's not what people are playing now. I don't give a shit. Though. That's just, that's me. And that's who I am, and I'm not gonna switch my style for anybody else. I'm about to make a grown nigga cry. We gotta relax. Bro. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> we gotta get out of here before we get too inspired. Vince, we can find shit before you too inspired. Bro. <laughs> I was like, Milo said I can do whatever I want. I'm gonna jump off this building. I'm sure I can fly away. <laughs> I'll be fine. He said something about water and wine. I'm like, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Milo, you have no idea how much we appreciate this, man. Like, I met Milo through Paul, and like low key, every every so often, me and Milo, Milo just comes and scoots me randomly, and then we just drive around. And he'll play his beats and shit, and I'm like, I'm not rapping. He'll be like, Come on, man. No, Milo, I'm not rapping. He gets you like, oh, He'll, so he'll play some heat, and I'm like, <laughs> Fuck it. And then we just go off for like what hours or two. So Milo, yeah. Man, yeah, bro. Yo. Honestly, yo, wait, wait. <laughs> so, I want to put this out there. Um, once the chop shop is up and running, and um, once you guys are feeling comfortable as well, I'm definitely having an open invitation for you guys for your podcast. You can be able to record it at the chop shop. Oh my god! Oh, thank you. Oh, that's, well, that's exciting. <laughs> we, we passed the test. Holy crap! This is exciting. <laughs> Yeah, of course. We passed know. the test. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, oh, no, like real shit though. Like that was actually, that was my my intention to do that though. Was like get people I know I really mess with, kind of have like a platform, a place to be able to create and stuff. Like so, people even podcasts it doesn't have to be music or anything like that. It can just be a spot that you guys can come out and chill. 
you know, you guys got a second home. Oh, I'm, I'm so oh. happy. I'm so happy. I think that I think that's a good spot to end this, man. Paul, do that <laughs> outro, bro. Do that. Oh outro. boy. <laughs> well, you guys, it's been another episode we start between up. you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'd like to thank our guest Milo, uh, aka Yosanova, for giving us his time. You know, sharing the blessings, sharing the good words. Much love, um, hey, Share your IG, uh, Milo. Share your IG, bro. Yeah, what's, where, where, where can we follow you, man? Where, where, where can we find you at? You can follow me on Instagram as I at Yosanova, which is a Y-O-S-O-N-O-V-A. Or you also can follow me on Twitter, which is a Yosanova underscore. Same spelling as well, too. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And you can find us uh, between you and me. Uh, Elijah, you are way better at these because you throw random numbers in this. This nigga got stuck. He said you can find <laughs> us on second thought. Elijah, take it over. <laughs> you can find us wherever Elijah says we are. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Between You and Me too, like the poo. Follow us on our Instagram at Between You and Me official. Follow us at our Facebook fan page at Between You and Me. Also, YouTube channel on its way because this nigga got to edit now. For real. So- <laughs> I've been relieved. Paul said I can no edit. Paul said I can no me edit. Me no edit. So- Elijah, can you edit for me? Don't act I- like he didn't say he could twice and then said he couldn't. <laughs> I always right. pop my collar before I suck it back in, okay? <laughs> I know, I know, edit. Even though I had two weeks, no, I know edit. I was literally, I know, I know edit no more. Literally, Paul, can you edit? Yes. Paul, can you edit? Yes. Paul, can you edit? No. (laughs) No. So, so that that doesn't, man. Milo, thank you so much for being gracious with your time. Much love, brother. See you soon. Toodles. Toodles.